Good evening. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We help you to sleep with a bedtime story. A little something to take your mind off of any chronic worrying, overthinking, racing thoughts, snoring partners, personal worries, work worries, whatever's keeping you up at night. Our story's going to distract you from that, but as it goes on, it's going to get a little bit more and more boring, and soon you're going to drift off into sleep. If this is your first time here, all I can say is give it a shot, see if it works for you. Give it a couple nights, get in bed, pull up the covers, and press play. If you have any feedback, like it doesn't work for you, you hate the tone of my voice, other stuff, let me know feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com or on Twitter at Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Did I already say you can find older episodes on iTunes or at our website www.sleepwithmepodcast.com? If you can do me a huge favor this week, the first week of March, I'm trying to get five new iTunes reviews. One of you is listening to you. If you just, before you go to sleep, just take two minutes and press pause and Head over to the iTunes podcast app or iTunes on your computer and review and rate us. I'd really appreciate it. It'll raise our profile and spread the word. And if you do, let me know so I can say thanks. And I'm going to thank the rest of you for listening. And I'm here to help you sleep. Tonight we have another episode of... After the Glass Slipper, the story of Cinderella, her stepmother Agatha, her fairy godmother Penelope, and the head of the princess guard Roland, and their adventures after Cinderella became princess. If this is your first time hearing this story and you want to catch up, just go to www.sleepwithmepodcast.com slash glass slipper, or you can find older episodes on iTunes. At Slip With Me Podcast on iTunes. And just look for the ones titled After the Glass Slipper. Alright, folks, when we last left off, our heroes were in a state of flux. Cinderella, Penelope, and Roland, aka Lord Larry of Ladyburg and his mum, were lo- they were all prisoners of the king. And Agatha had volunteered to be taken captive by this wizard pile. And he was grilling her, and she was pretending to be half fairy and half human. Which I still don't know if she was telling the truth or lying. Pretty sure she was lying, but I'm not 100% sure. She's a crafty one. And then she talked him into throwing himself down the well. Dummy. Then he tried to escape or something, then she threw the mirror of reflection the powerful mirror of reflection on the well, and it created some sort of time-space fuck-up because everything started shaking and vanishing and the worlds between, like, the two parallel universes, the fairy universe and the human universe, Cinderella's universe. At some point, whatever was keeping those things parallel, but on the... on. I don't know. I, we're going to have to call Eric My- Michael Dyson, I think is his name, the brilliant guy of the age he's one of the brilliant minds of our age <laughs> unlike me uh so 
Dude's like the next. He's he's like smarter than Stephen Hawking, and hell of charming. I was listening. I just caught him on the tail end of uh, Fresh Air, I think. But anyway, I'm way off track here. So the shit's hitting the fan. The fairy universe and the human universe seem to be colliding. I guess they already have a portal between the two of them, but it seems everything seems to be breaking apart into like these mosaic tiles. All these monsters have been released, and they're running rampant and eating fairies, eating humans in both universes. And that's where we left off. So we're in a moment of zen here. And now we're not anymore. Because we're back. Agatha's in her tower. It's being shaken on the outside by the muck monster. And she's trying to figure out what what, what it could have gone wrong. I mean, she came up with this plan to get rid of the wizard pile. Hopefully at the same time destroy the well of work that seemed to be unfairly controlling the lives of the fairies. But something about the wizard pile splashing down into the powerful magic of the well of work and then the power trying to escape and then being reflected back down by the mirror of reflection caused some sort of rift in the time-space continuum, as Doc Brown would say, which I should have said in my introduction. But it's too late now, man. Whatever, I'm rifting the time-space continuum right now. And back to the story. So Agatha's standing there like, oh, dear. like, And the only thing she can think of is that she needs to get down underground and figure out what the hell's going on. Like, she needs to get to the bottom of this well, but the well itself is kind of, like, imploded. To back up two seconds, oh, to back up, when she had left Fairyland, she, uh, she, um, what do you call it? She, uh, lifted a, uh, a wand for herself, and she'd strapped it on the inside of her thigh in case a wizard pile searched her. And if her wife was really in danger, she was going to go to this fairy wand. So she busts out the fairy wand, taps herself on the head, turns herself into a worm, like a powerful worm. At this point, not a giant worm, just a powerful, not an earthworm, you know, some other, a, a heavily, I don't know my worms, okay, just a hell of a worm. And the worm dives down, and as she tunnels, she's getting bigger, and she's tunneling into the earth, Run, tunneling into the earth, running right down this well. Tunneling, 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 boom, boom. She gets through the um, heliosphere or the Earth's crust. She she runs from the Earth's crust and she hits some straight-up mantle. And she's down in the Earth's mantle. She realizes, like, that she doesn't, this is ancient times, so she doesn't have a, um, one of those watches when you go underwater where I could tell you which way's up. So she's disoriented. I mean, she's in this Earth's mantle. Temperature's picking up. Luckily, because she's become this massive worm, like a worm you might see in a movie like Dune or a story like Dune or, you know, same similar worm in Beetlejuice. So that that type of worm. Badass. Maybe even Tremors, I think we had a kick-ass worm. Man, you know, they don't make an aside, but what happened to worm movies? Is that all in the 80s that the worm movies had their heyday? I guess they weren't worm. Tremors was a worm movie. Well, maybe it wasn't. How about that cast? Kevin Bacon and Fred. Oh, good God, Fred, forgive me. One of the great actors. He played Remo Williams. Well, 
Uh, I'm going to have to cut that out because that's embarrassing. So she's this giant worm, and she's tunneling now, and now she's lost. So she pauses. She doesn't have to worry about pressure because she's got her giant worm. You know, that she's got ten hearts and different sorts of valves and pressure systems and thick-ass skin. So she's down there. She finally gets down to a level where there's some uh, what they refer to as mole men. You know, part human, part mole. These are like kind of squat um, humanoids, I think they're called. And the uh, <laughs> this is a polite term for them. Humanoids. They're kind of like uh, creepy looking. Not Gollum. These guys look more healthy than Gollum because they're in the mantle. I think Gollum was just in the, uh, the um, what do you call it, the crust. So these are mantle moles is what I call them. When I hang, you know, I roll down there every once in a while. But anyway, that's an aside thing. They're different nowadays. They, uh, that's what I, okay, yeah. Whew, back up. You know, not on the influence of anything either here. So she goes down these mantle moles. She sees them. And she's making, she, first she's trying to just nod at them. And they're like, what? And luckily mantle moles and worms, they have a hands-off, you know, laissez-faire type relationship. So. The mole people, they're not using the worms for anything, and the worms aren't eating the mole people. So finally she's, uh, she, uh, she finds out, you know, she finds a little meeting room that the moles have, and she changes to back to a uh, human, back to Agatha. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to find the bottom of this well, the well of work. And the moles are kind of like, and looking at her like, lady, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, if there were subtitles, they'd be making fun of the way she looks, that she's kind of mean-looking, kind of mean-looking and scary. Um, so they're just, like, discussing. And, you know, they talk in those tones because they're deep down. They need to, like, penetrate rock. So most of their stuff is below, you know, human tonal scale. So she tries to mime out a well and power and everything, and the moles just nod. So she's like, darn it. So she just goes again. And instead of going down, she looks up and she can see what what she thinks is down, and she's going to go uh, vertical, vertical, perpendicular. Yeah, I guess that's perpendicular. I don't know. She starts going vertical. Now, meanwhile, up on the surface, I know you're asking, like, dude, it's great. I love hearing about the Earth's crust and the mantle. And tell me when we get to the core and the liquid core, or we have a solid iron core. Again, let's save those for the scientists. But yeah, I know you guys are waiting with bated breath to hear about the next, you know, stage of the mesosphere or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's stuff going on, on the surface. Now all these monsters are running around, and Cinderella, and Penelope, and Roland are kind of just watching. And I mean, this is just the same time. Agatha's diving, so they're just trying to figure out what to do next. Their castle's getting attacked by giant rabbits with their big teeth, and they're eating the rocks trying to get into the castle. And then they hear a pounding at the door, pounding at the door, their door, boom, 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 boom. And you hear the king, he's like, Lord Larry of Ladybird, open up! I demand your counsel! And the king, you know, they open the door, and the king, you know, this guy, this king, the Lord Lord King, he's totally changed his tune now. He's like, Lord Larry, 
of Ladyburg, you came at the perfect moment for our kingdom is in crisis. I don't know if it was the wizard pile or the witch Agatha, mistress, former mistress Agatha, but all everything's going awry. There's fairies and monsters and people. Are, we we need your soldiers, Lord Larry. We need your help. And uh, Roland's caught, Roland's caught a little bit off guard. He's not expecting to bring his A game. He says, "Okay, uh, uh, well, yeah." And Penelope elbows. Larry, Larry the Ladybug. Oh, uh, oh, yes. Uh, so what's the problem again? Well, there's a, I don't know, the earth, everything's cracking and the air's got holes in it and fairies are coming through the holes and the bigger holes, monsters are coming through and fairies are running back and they're eating people and there's lava and giant scorpions and all sorts of crap. It's terrible, Lord Larry. You and your soldiers need to save us, please. Oh, okay, um, hmm. So, yeah, monsters, you say. Okay, well, ah, we in Ladyburg don't have monsters, so, uh, this reminds me of, uh, hmm, the time, I think it was, uh, Lord Larry and the case, the Druid Circle. Oh, but those are moment. Um, I, 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 Lord Larry, please! Please, I will give you turnover kingship as soon as this crisis is over. I put the, I just need your counsel as a wise man, and we need to work together to preserve everything. Please, Lord Larry, please your help. I call on you for protection. Please, and uh, could you call back to Lady Lord and get some more swords? So please. <sighs> the king throws himself at Roland's feet, and Cinderella is just tapping her foot, shaking her head. She's like, disgusting. You disgust me. You're supposed to be king. Your people are out there getting eaten by basilisks and hoodoos, schnozwagglers, you know, I don't even, Laplanders are out there even. And you're just sitting here crying. You know what? You just stay in here and Lord Larry, with Lord Larry, and maybe he'll protect you. And Penelope, let's go. We need to save some lives. So Cinderella and Penelope roll out of the guest castle. And Roland draws, do not without me. You, I will protect you, Cinderella, from any Laplanders. What's a Laplander, Cinderella? And, uh, you know, uh, don't, uh, you can stay here, Mr. Uh, King. So they roll out, the three of them. And Cinderella just takes stock. She's so composed. I mean, I guess if you, if they had dictionaries, they don't have printing press. But if they did, and then they decided to print a dictionary... I don't know. There'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of complications at this point. But if I was printing a dictionary and then mailing me and Doc Brown rolled back to drop it off, Cinderella would be next to composed in the dictionary there. So she's all composed. She's looking around at the I mean, you know, like um Apocalypse Now, uh Robert Duvall's character. Stuff's just exploding around her. She's looking at I mean, she doesn't have the thrill of battle of him. She's so calm. And she's looking at things like, okay. She starts noting the cracks in the in the fabric of our existence. She actually reaches out and, and one of the, there's like a looks like a piece of broken glass about the size of your hand and kind of the shape of your hand, but you know jagged. And right through that piece of glass, you'd normally be able to see, you know, ten feet in front of you, but in that little squarish area is. She can see straight through to fairyland. She sees fairies getting eaten by a um, vermicious canid. 
And yeah, that the, the admission for Mrs. Knitz back then, kids. Sorry. And she just reaches out and grabs it, and she takes it. And it's almost like a, a piece of glass. Like, she can move it where she wants. She can stick it into another piece of the sky, and it stays. And she, she kind of looks through it. She sticks her finger through it. She looks at it. And then she points, Roland, go get me another one. And then he brings it over, and she puts the two together. They're obviously from two different spots in Fairyland, but they do kind of fuse together, but then they break apart. And she's like, hmm. And she says, uh, you know, she sees people running around being chased by monsters. So, okay, okay. Roland, we need to gather all the townspeople, all the fairies we can get a hold of Penelope, and we need to gather all these pieces of broken time space fabric whatever's going on here obviously something went wrong with pile and something something horrible is going on and i can't be sure of what's going on but we the three of us need to stay calm we need to collect all these things and figure it out and see if we can put this thing back together you guys remember that case of humpty dumpty right it's going to be just like that humpty dumpty in the case of the broken egg man that was Lord Larry the Ladybug. He, oh, no, he didn't fix him. But he held the uh, wall maker accountable, I believe. But anyway, okay, so we'll gather him. Hmm. And let me think here. Penelope, do you have your wand? Yes, Cinderella. Penelope, I, I need you. You need me to go to battle, don't you, Cinderella? And I have been waiting for this moment ever since... Ever since I laid eyes on you, Cinderella, I've wanted to protect you, but I haven't had that choice. I've tried in some ways. But now, with all this hell that's breaking loose, I feel my need to do what needs to be done, replaced by doing what I feel I want to do, which is protect you. So I'm going to take this wand, and I'm going to take that lapland, shoots lightning out this laplander, and it knocks the lapping the giant, it's got this, like, what are those sharks, those fish called with the giant teeth thing, and it's chopping people's heads off, but she fries that thing like a fried fish, because it looks like one of those fish, like I said, you know, the one with the thing on the front of it, with the spikes. So she fries that thing, and then she's, hey, you fairies, you, come with me. And they start chasing down monsters, and uh, they can't, they don't can't kill them, but they're shooting them with stuff and and trying to disable their weaponry, which is kind of tough if it's a natural creature. But like for example, real quick, they just froze the mud monster and he's frozen. So okay. Meanwhile, Cinderella's running around. People, people, please come with me, please, please, everyone, follow me. Oh, it's the queen, the queen, queen. I will protect you. And then so Cinderella's got these people. She's sending them out, and everyone's, you know, listening to her. She's like, please, everyone, lend a hand, lend a hand for the the fairies will protect us, and we must gather these pieces of glass, these pieces, these strange mirrors into another land, bringing them to me. So people are running all over, grabbing these mosaic pieces. So, so, so yeah, Cinderella's got everybody gathering up the pieces of the mosaic, and Penelope's trying to explain to all the other fairies that are on both sides, she's calling through the little holes. You're free to use your magic as you wish. So the fairies are busting out their magic. Penelope's like the William Wallace meets the gladiator. You know, if they had a man-child together. 
and she was a woman, a petite older woman. She's not petite. Uh, if she was a, uh, a charming grandmotherly older woman, but still a badass. So she's, you know, directing these different groups of fairies that are now fighting each monster. And she's, you know, she's like, they can't seem to destroy them. So she's like, we need to corral the monsters, keep them away from the people. So that at this point, it's kind of like um, cow prods because they're using like acid out of their wands or electricity and shoot, you know, trying to corner all the different monsters and gather them up until someone can come up with a plan and they're gathering the monsters and some are getting, you know, losing their poor little, uh, their poor fairy lives. Just, they've just gotten free will as far as I can tell and they're choosing. So they're really heroes. I mean, this is save at first speech, right? You're telling me, you know, when I attend the big fairy funeral, but you know, that's what they're going to be saying. So I'm just saying, I said it first here, you know, when you're at the uh, fairy memorial for the fairies lost in this story, and they're sit, you know, they're going to be plagiarizing off me. Anyway, let's personal issues aside. These they're doing, you know, they're doing battle. They're saving human lives. They're saving fairy lives. They're gathering these up. Meanwhile, deep in the mantle of the earth. And if I was lazy, I'd look it up on the internet and tell you, oh, she's through to the next level. But Basically, things aren't going well for Agatha. I'm not going to lie to you. Because, and if you want to know how it feels, like she keeps back, like you can't even, she can't even tell if she's backtracking. Or, you know, I mean, once you're into this, like, middle of the earth, you know, she tries to go where it's hot and then she takes a wrong turn. If you want to recreate what's going on, and I do suggest this, I used to do this all the time as a kid. And of course, the doctor asked me why. The doctor in the wood paneled room. But what you want to do is uh, get yourself a sleeping bag. Right, make sure no one's home that's going to report you that you're nuts. And you're going to put the sleeping bag over your head so that your head is where your feet are. And, okay, I'm not legally liable for anything that happens from this point on. But you're going to pretend you're a giant worm. And you're going to get inside the sleeping bag. Your head's going to be at the top. Not you know, come on, use some common sense. Don't snu- suffocate and don't smash your head open. You're going to go slow. Don't go in or in the kitchen where the knives can fall on you. But you're going to pretend you're a giant worm. I guarantee you. I mean, I guess I haven't done it since I was a kid. But I used to get lost in my own house. My house wasn't that big. And I would get, and it was just like a really good feeling of being totally disoriented in my own house and everything being unfamiliar. And that's how it kind of feels. I mean, Agatha's. The core of the earth is not Agatha's home. So you got me. But a little experiment if you want to try that. So things, Agatha's just cruising around the earth. She talks to the dudes from the H.G. Wells book. They're kind of like these uh, more alien-looking, in my my mind. You know, H.G. Wells or Jules Verne. Don't get on my case, bros, because I'm not sorry. You know, they're kind of like more like E.T. when he was sick-looking, like uh, uncomfortably, like somewhere their skin tone is between sick E.T. and Gollum. But they look more like E.T., kind of insect-like, alien-like. And those guys kind of like, they give her a better idea, and they kind of are making some signs like to look for somebody, another kind of humanoid, but they're indicating he he has some like, some sort of facial hair. So she's still looking, and she's getting frustrated, and she's sweating. I mean, you wouldn't know worms sweat, but when a mammal's inside a worm, they sweat. 
So that's what's going on inside the uh, the Earth's mantle. I mean, we're probably beyond the mantle, and maybe I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, another quick aside. I used to read this book when I was a little. <laughs> I don't know why I'm all over the place tonight, folks, but I'm trying to help you sleep. I used to read this book when I was little, and I will try to put that in show notes, but it was about a boy who started digging. You know, because somebody was like, oh, if you dig a hole deep enough, you come out the other side. And so he starts digging with a shovel. And the book um, details, like, the different things this boy used, you know, the different inventions as he got deeper and deeper into the earth until I think he finally got to the earth's core. I don't know. And then he was captured by um, some sort of E.T. alien, and now he's evil. But let's, let's just move on. So she's looking around the earth, back up on the earth. Cinderella's there. She's People are bringing her these mosaic pieces. They're throwing them everywhere. She's like on an episode of a reality show. She's just like, each hand. I wish you could see my hands. Both my hands are moving. She's grabbing pieces, trying to put them. It's like a jigsaw puzzle of the fairy universe. She's slapping it. She's like, faster. I need something with grain. People are bringing her grains. I need something with a, a, um, something between a magenta had a purple, hooray. People are running. And she's like, you, you know, you with the, tie, you know, knobby knees. I need you to put, recycle, you know, put that cloud over there. And people are working. I mean, it's like the whole town's working together. And meanwhile, Penelope, she's got um, a whole perimeter around all the monsters, about 14 monsters. And she's, she's communicated to Fairyland. So they have all their monsters. And they're keeping them, but... You know, the fairies are running out. The monsters, they don't seem to have, they seem to have some magical energy. And the fairies, you know, they're human-like, so they're, they're used to working. I mean, from what we know, fairies, it sounded like they work from probably 10 to 4. They don't even work a full day. Now, I don't know if they're going to get a lunch break or whatever, but that seemed like Penelope's schedule, at least. Sorry, I'm moving my, like, she would get up, hang out in her garden from 8 to 10, go to work, come back, hang out in her garden go to bed, get up. But they didn't have free will, at least as far as we can tell. But so, yeah, they got the monster's corner. Soon, Cinderella's going, and like a fever builds. Like, everyone's lending a hand. You know, the rich, the poor, the people with no arms that are using their elbows, the people with no intelligence, they're standing back and, like, waiting, and they're just moving, like, the pieces that are only one color. Roland, he's just watching Cinderella. She's doing everything, kind of like in the uh, Minority Report. She's moving her fingers are so fast. Like if she was, her and Tom Cruise had like an eye-poking-out contest, she would have poked his eyes out way faster. She's moving all these things, and slowly everything starts to come together, and it's like this organic arch into, into fairyland. And meanwhile, the fairies have been fighting the monsters, and the monsters have gotten them backed up towards the... Uh, towards the people, everybody working on the mosaic, and Cinderella's still in the zone, just finishing up these last pieces. And Roland draws, so he's like, what are you doing? You can't bring these monsters here. What are you doing? Like, we can't live. This is our only choice. They're backing us up. And, you know, they've got just enough power, and then Cinderella sees, and the fairies on the other side are starting to lose their battle against the monsters. Cinderella's putting the last piece. She's like, when I call you, you know, you have to run to me, fairies. You have to run away, push the monsters away, and then run. Then she's like, Penelope, get the monsters into the, in there, and then run back to me. And so, you know, the fairies inside of Fairyland, they, they kind of wrangle the monsters and 
Penelope and Roland get the, the rest of the monsters, about 16 of them. They get them through the uh, arch to Fairyland. Just as Cinderella finishes, it goes, but she's got her hand on one piece. She's holding it in place and just shaking. Like her body starts pulsing. She's holding on, and but it creates an arch, and the monsters pass through it. The fairies run back, and the fairies that were in Fairyland run away right as the monsters are snapping. And then they get through. Last person gets through, and the monsters are coming right behind them, right, right at the. And Cinderella pulls the one piece she's been holding on to, and and her hand is like sizzling, kind of like the dude in Indy. But this thing is like, it's part of her hand now. Like her hand is fused with this strange piece of the universe, and it's just like one of those stones, like it's iridescent, a stone, and it's. Different scenes are passing over it, and, and it's wom, wom, wom. Rose like, Cinderella, my princess, my queen, what has happened to your hand? She's like, it is fine, Roland. Whew. Penelope's like, how did you know that would work? And she's like, I had to trust it would work. She's like, I had to, I had to save my people, and I had to save your people, and I had to use my gut. It told me that it would work. For for a second, everyone's like, oh, Cinderella, you saved us. And the monsters are banging up against the the portal, but it's just like a piece of glass. So they're smashing their heads and smashing. And slowly as, as it goes on, the portal starts to gray out a little bit and become more and more gray. And finally, one of the fairies is like, okay, well, when will we be able to go back to our homes? You know, back to fairyland. Cinderella looks at her hand, and she looks at the portal. She's like, never. Never, I don't think ever. She's like, I don't know when we would have the power to defeat those monsters and left to their own devices. Who knows what kind of monstrous monsters they can create. And we can't unlock the door, and I'm not sure I have not possessed the power anymore. She's like, so I'd like to offer you all a home here with my people. And you, the fairies, can join our community. And all of a sudden the guy's like, huh, what? Wait, 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 wait. Did she say the fairies are going to live with us here? No, 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 lady. Oh, no. You you, you might be some queen on some... Uh, you can't have fairies living here with us. They're, they're, they're bad. They're, they're in the dark arts. It's, it's going to make the gods angry. No. Oh, no, not the fairies. Fairies eat toes. They are toe-eaters. They eat children's toes who cannot have fairies. No. Oh, my babies, my babies. And all of a sudden, people start, you know, blah, blah, blah. people start throwing stuff. And then the fairies, you know, the fairies aren't, not all of them are passive. So a couple of fairy dudes are like, whoa, 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 dude. You, you, I ain't eating no toes. You guys, you know, you you guys, you smell, man. This I don't want to be. We want to go back to our gardens. Gardens suck. You fairy, we saw in there, it's just gardens and flowers and board games. What the heck? You fairies are dull. And Cinderella's like, everyone, we need to work together. You know, we can find a way to share our land. And our, our we, we're united against a foe. And we defeated him. Oh, no, no. Well, yeah, where's the king? And what about that Lord Larry? That Lord Larry. Oh, oh, that was just to pretend. I was just pretending. You guys remember Larry the Ladybug? Like, uh, you know, remember Larry the Ladybug lawyer? I was pretending to be him, but a king. 
Don't fool the king. And then all of a sudden you hear silence and the king steps up. The You know, the king, Cinderella's husband. Estranged husband, we'll say. So, oh, so you were a false king. So I am the only heir to this throne. The only one that can rightfully wear this crown on his head as I do now. And Cinderella, you went against the wishes of both people. You say you used your judgment, but it seems your selflessness was selfish. For now everyone is unhappy. This king is a jerk too. Wow, what are you? If only we had a system where you guys could elect someone to rule you, but we don't. So, as rightful heir to the throne, I say, I will be king. And I will rule over fairies and humans alike with a hand of strong, cruel justice. And then we'll say, what? You don't really have an army anymore. But, uh, well, let the people decide. Would you rather live with these fairies as equals or have them serve us? How about that? Huh? Everybody... And people are kind of confused and they're still throwing stuff. They're like, I say, uh, I... and they start getting unruly. And everybody starts getting, well, let's take them both and lock them up and we'll decide. Well, we'll bar them up. So, so they grab some, some of them grab Cinderella, some of them grab the king. Some of them grab Roland, and people, you know, there's more people than fairies, probably like a six to one ratio. So people start pushing the fairies around. People, fairies start shocking people. And all of a sudden, <laughs> earth starts shaking. The earth's shaking. All of a sudden, water starts to shoot up. Water shoots up from the earth and shoots like 40 feet in the sky, like some wellspring out of the earth. Not that far from where everyone's standing. Everyone goes back and it becomes this giant hole. And then everyone gathers around it. And the water's just flying up, scurling down. And all of a sudden the water takes a form. Gets arms. Gets a chest. Gets a head. It starts to get a beard. A gray beard. And then it's like, humans and uh, fairies. It is I, formerly the wizard pile, and now I am the master of the well. And he does a, and he throws like a water, like a water wave, and it knocks everybody down. Ah, I will rule you all. I have all the power. And so Nerola goes to say something, he just sprays a little water spout in her mouth. <coughs> She coughs. <laughs> and anytime anybody stands up, he just knocks them down. He says, so you all will serve me. Shoots more water in the sky. It starts raining. He's, ah, 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 and he brings a storm. Goes, ah, ah, ah. He's just, ah, you know, he's doing that. Ah. And that's, that's where we're going to stop tonight, folks. Things were going good, but... And the wizard pile showed up. Well, actually, things weren't going good. Before the wizard pile showed up, we had a riot on our hands. I don't know why humans and fairies can't. I think, you know, they'll probably learn to get along. I mean, it seems like the fairies are humans. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, they're much pleasant. Much more pleasant and plump, some of them. Pleasantly plump, as uh, the fairy godmother is. So let's see, you know. If they 
they could get along and live together. Maybe Pyle could live with them too. Uh, may, maybe, maybe not though. Probably not. This pile seems pretty bad. All right, we'll see you Sunday night, folks, for another edition of After the Glass Slipper. Thanks so much for listening.